Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to One Life Community Church. My name is Rich, and I'm one of the co-lead pastors here. It is um, a privilege and honor to be with you. Hopefully, you've been having a fantastic time online, being able to worship from the comfort of your own home, uh, take communion, to pray, uh, to have some community as best as we can online. Um, we count it a privilege that you would join us today. And as we continue in our service, I have the privilege of leading us and taking us deeper into our Lenten sermon series entitled, God is Not, which is designed to allow us space so we can deconstruct some of the false ways we've thought of God in order to better understand God more fully, who he really is. And it fits really well with the Lenten season that we're in because oftentimes when we are going through those challenging times, those long journeys, the spaces of waiting, like, like in the pandemic we're in, we find ourselves questioning things, wondering why is this all happening? And it's in these places where temptations can come along with the feelings of exhaustion and doubt and isolation. We're placed in situations then where we have to choose whether we're going to rely and trust in the promises of God's faithfulness or not. And it's in these places where our understanding of God gets put to the test. And it has a lot to do with the purpose of Lent. As we've talked about in the past, the word Lent literally means springtime. And so as the sun has been out here in Seattle the last couple of days, you think about the process of growth for flowers. The part where the seeds are in the ground and they're cold and they're dark and alone and, and, and being kind of messed with by the, the elements like rain or our, our just our recent snow. But ultimately this process leads to growth. It leads to transformation and new life bursting out of the ground drawn by the sun so we can see the beauty of spring. Without that process that happens below the ground and all the hard work that those seeds go through, the flowers never truly develop like they're designed to. And so Lent, as we've discussed, is the season where we too symbolically return to the wilderness where Jesus spent 40 days readying himself for ministry. And just as Jesus during this time allowed himself to be tested and challenged, we should expect that as well. And I imagine some of you have been feeling that as we go through this journey. You've been feeling your own challenges and, and temptations. And this series is then in the space allowing us to deconstruct some of those old or false things that we've held on about God to help us go through the hard work of transformation so that we could come out having a better understanding and a better, stronger, deeper relationship with Jesus. As one person said, a quote that we often share during Lent, Lent is meant to be the church's springtime, a time when out of darkness of sin's winter, a repentant, empowered people emerges. That's the hope. So today we are addressing another common question that comes up when we are in those challenging times, when we are waiting, when we're in isolation, especially if it involves any kind of questioning of God or, or seeking direction or advice or understanding. And that is this question, God, are you silent? Why can't I hear you? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, whether or not God is silent. But before we begin, let me open this up with a word of prayer. Father, Son, Spirit, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, your presence. 
We thank you for technology that allows us to worship as a community with people around the world. And yet, at the same time, as close as our um, couch. And you are with us in all those places. And so, God, um, today as we discuss what it means to hear you, we pray that you would help us to hear you today. God, that you would draw us into a deeper relationship. We could connect with you. That it doesn't feel like a one-way street, but that it feels um, back and forth, communication with you as you are present with us. So be with us, we pray, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Silent as the sun rising in the morning sky. Silent as a star shooting through the night. Silent as a shark circling the ocean floor. Silent as a snowflake landing on the tip of the tongue. Are you silent, Lord? Silent as a two-year-old napping on the summer lawn. Silent as a flower petal unfolding into bloom. Silent as the music to Beethoven's ears. Silent as a baby's kick inside the mother's womb. Are you silent, Lord? Silent as the fluttering feathers of eagle's wings. Silent as a lover's glance across a crowded room. Silent as that tiger on the prowl. Silent as an empty tomb. Are you silent, Lord? Sometimes I just don't recognize your voice. Do you ever feel this way? Maybe you're dealing with a loved one who passed away. And you have questions about that. Maybe you're seeking direction on something or or you've been waiting for that new job. Maybe you've been praying for that special someone to come into your life. Maybe you look at our world and you see everything that's going on and, and you just find yourself going, what is happening? Maybe you've prayed a thousand times for that loved one to come to Christ. Maybe you're exhausted and depressed and frightened and alone and you're wondering, where is God in all of this? No matter what, this sense of calling out to God, praying for answers, seeking understanding, it's inevitable that there will be times in our life, in our walk with Jesus, where we're going to feel this way as if God is silent. And we even see that in Scripture. There's times where people communicate, God, where are you? Why are you silent? Which is why this is a really important question for us to ponder because how we think about God affects how we see and live and move and have our being and it affects our relationship with God. So do you believe God is silent? Do you believe God is silent sometimes and not others? Do we believe sometimes God answers us and other times God kind of ignores us and just straight up doesn't respond? Then comes the question of, is God speaking and I'm just not hearing God? Or, or what if God is speaking, but I'm not listening or I'm not hearing God? Or what if I'm the one who's ignoring God and not the other way around? You see, how we answer these questions affects our understanding and our relationship with God. 
And let's just be honest. For many, hearing God's voice and sensing the Spirit's leading feels like a foreign concept. Many of us walk through our Christian life feeling as if we're the only one talking in our relationship. We know the Christian faith is true, but we don't experience God as personally speaking to us, at least not often. Sure, maybe we've had times, we've had moments, we've had situations and special circumstances where we definitely did experience something of God speaking to us, and it gives us hope, but those experiences are few in comparison to our day-to-day, moment-by-moment life. And so sadly, as a result, this often um, is the base of our understanding of God. We do it based on our experiences of God rather than on the truth of God. And we do this with all different areas of our lives. We base things on simply our experiences and not the truth. In the world of psychology, there's a form of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy. And the basic idea is right thinking leads to right behavior. So, for example, if you're struggling with self-worth, then part of the therapy is to help you have a healthier understanding of who you are how you see yourself, how you experience yourself. If I can get you to see yourself differently, then you're going to believe differently about yourself. Or maybe you struggle, say, with some kind of substance abuse. So part of the therapy is to convince you how absolutely wrong it is to use whatever that substance is that's bad for you, it costs too much money, you name it, to convince you of that because if you truly understand this, then you're not going to have any desire to do it because right thinking leads to right behavior. Now, of course, there's much more details to this therapy, but but that's the basic idea. And it's getting to this idea that it is crucial to make sure that we don't let our experience define the truth about how God relates to us. Rather, our goal should always be to get our experiences to line up with God's truth. Today, as I want us to think about this, I want us to wrestle with some of our thinking on the idea of God being silent. And I want to start with a quote by A.W. Tozer, which is code for really old white guy. Uh, But the quote says this. It's really good. It says, I believe much of our unbelief is due to a wrong conception of the scripture. We think a silent God suddenly began to speak in a book, and when the book was finished, lapsed into silence again forever. Now we read the book as what God said when he was at one time in a speaking mood. But listen to this. The facts are that God is not silent. God has never been silent. In fact, it is the nature of God to speak. It is the nature of God to speak. It always has been God's nature, and God does not change. Genesis 1 tells us about how creation came into being, and what does it say? It says God spoke creation into being. God created everything by speaking God's word. God spoke, saying, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke you into existence and me into existence and spoke all humanity and creation into being. In Scripture, Jesus is literally called the Word. It says this in John 1, 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. 
through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that, was, that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Moving on to verse 12, it goes on. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. It is the nature of God to speak, and God wants to speak to you and to me, to us. And some of you are hearing that and going, you're crazy. That has not been my experience. It's not my experience now, and it hasn't been in the past, but it's the truth. And we need to get our experiences to line up with God's truth. God wants to speak to you and to me today. He wants to guide us, wants to lead us, and God can speak to us in many ways using many different mediums. Just the other day I was reading Psalm 19, 1 through 4, and I had never really read it in the context before of listening, but I thought it was pretty amazing. It says this, Psalm 19, 1 through 4, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim, this is speaking language, the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour, out, pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. God is speaking, and God has something to say, and God can speak through all kinds of mediums, but I believe one of the main ways God speaks to us today is not going to be through a loud voice that sounds kind of like Charleston Heston, although he could. And it's not primarily going to be through a burning bush like he did with Moses, although also possible. But I actually believe that the primary way that God wants to speak to you and to me every moment is through something called the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The promptings of the Holy Spirit. God wants to impress things upon your heart and wants to speak to you from the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. God wants to speak to you for, for conviction, for guidance, for assurance, for counseling, for support, for understanding. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is not silent. Now, speaking of silence, when was the last time you actually experienced silence? I don't know about you, but when I hear the word silence, I think uh, of not being able to hear anything. And by definition, silence is the complete absence of sound, the complete absence of sound. But if you think about where can you go to experience the complete absence of sound? I had our time begin with Greg reading um, because I think it illustrates something important, and that is that we are never really in a place of complete silence. Some of the examples, silence as the sun rising in the morning sky, silent as a two-year-old napping, 
Silent is a baby kick inside a mother's womb. Silent as a lover's glance across a crowded room. Silent as an empty tomb. These are all examples of places we imagine being silent, but they really aren't void of all sound. They're full of meaning. They're full of intimacy and emotion and communication and experience. Even now, if you turned everything off, plugged your your ears, you will still hear your thoughts. You will hear your breathing. You will hear your heart beating. There is sound to what we think of as silence. Maybe some of you remember the song from the 60s by Simon and Garfunkel called The Sound of Silence. The song opens up with this phrase, Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. I don't know about this, but for some reason, I like to think of Jesus during the Lenten season being on this wilderness journey, challenged, hungry, alone, and tempted, saying something like this in the midst of the darkness. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You see, we fear the dark, the unknown, the lonely. We fear hunger and lack and exhaustion and isolation. But in this example, Jesus preparing for ministry and approaching the cross, this is not the case. Darkness isn't a problem. Why? I believe this is because Jesus knows that God is not silent. That the very Holy Spirit of God, the pneuma in the Greek, the ruach in the, in the Hebrew, the breath of God is always with us, is always communicating to us, always sustaining us, moving us, and giving us life. Jesus not only knows this as the truth, but experiences this as the truth. Romans 8, 14 through 15 says this, For all, All who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, praise Jesus, but you have received a spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Father. This is getting at the truth that the same Spirit that was moving before the world was ever created in Genesis 1, the same Spirit that speaks life into every living thing, and the same Spirit that conquered the grave lives in each and every one of us. During our midweek Lenten prayer this last Wednesday, we spent some time thinking about three prompts. And I I really recommend you all coming to these. They're really great. But the first prompt we talked about was this idea of being fully known by God and that to be fully known by someone, you have to have someone who's fully present with you. And the, the Holy Spirit's the only one capable of doing that. And then we are led to ponder the idea of our name, both the name we're given at birth, but also the names we now have because of Christ. And one of those that we have now is that we are adopted children of God. Amen? And so the last prompt that we built off of those two was called unafraid, that it had to do with this idea that in Scripture, those who were fully known and named and unafraid, those are the ones that turn the world upside down, or, or as the, the book that we're looking at said, turn the world right side up. You see, the picture we get is that when we look at the New Testament, the more and more we look at it, it leads us to expect people to be routinely led by the Spirit. 
that when a person hears and believes the good news of Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes up residency in that person in a unique way. According to our Romans text, now that they are children of Abba, the Spirit wants to talk to them and lead them in the ways of Abba. It says, all who are children of God are led by the Spirit. Notice, it doesn't say all God's children who are holy or all the ones that hold special positions or who are mature or who are charismatic leaders. It says the kingdom is a movement in which the Holy Spirit wants to speak to and through everyone, just as we are, wherever we are. Amen? As children of God. In the New Testament, the Spirit speaking to people was the norm, not the exception. The people of the New Testament church operated as if God was present and speaking. They did not simply operate on their own, hoping that what they were doing was God's will or directed by God. The language of the New Testament does not allow us to come to that conclusion. Instead, the writers of the New Testament speak of the Spirit's overleading and speaking all the time. John 8, 47, Jesus says, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Those are Jesus' words, which causes us to ask ourselves then, why don't we hear God like this? Why does it often feel as if God is silent? Here's the thing. God wants to speak to you, but just like anyone communicating, there's a chance we could miss it. Just like any relationship we have, just because someone's speaking doesn't mean we get it, right? And Jesus teaches us about this relational dynamic in John 10 as he gives this story in verses 2 through 4. It says this, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He has brought out all his own. He goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This story helps us understand two important truths that can help us make it so we do a better job of not missing hearing what God is saying. And the first key to help us not miss hearing what God is saying is to know God's voice. And so I ask you, do you know do you know God's voice? Now, of course, God has the power to speak to people before they even know him. How else would they come to know him, right? God calls them. But I believe that God is going to lead you and I in our everyday life with God's words, if and only if we really know him. We're listening. We're participating. The verse 3 says the sheep recognize the shepherd's voice. How do you recognize someone's voice? You recognize someone's voice when you know them. So again, I ask, do you know God's voice? You see, God's word is perfect, and God's word is powerful, but it's also personal. It's for you, and it's for me. And so you have to get to know God if you want to do a better job of hearing God. I remember when my wife and I started first started dating and she was living in this house of various ladies and we're getting to know each other and I called to talk with her on the phone and so uh, I called and said hello and we started having this small talk you know 
what you doing? Try to make some plans to get together. I remember talking to this person on the other end of the phone for this conversation for probably two or three minutes. And the voice on the other hand eventually said, you, you know, this is Haley, right? This, <laughs> this isn't Jen. This is your, your girlfriend's roommate. And uh, that was a good reminder that I did not know my girlfriend's voice that well at that moment. You see, when you get to know someone, you recognize their voice. And until you know them, you don't. The closer you get to someone, the better you hear them and the better you understand what they're saying. And if you think about it, that's one of the main differences between you and an unbeliever. The main difference is that as followers of Christ, you have a relationship with God. The Spirit is moving in you and you're relating and you have a personal experience because our God is a relational God by nature. And so God wants to have a conversation that's back and forth with you. This is why it's so important that we pray because we believe we could talk to God and God wants to talk to us. It's the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And Jesus echoes this truth in Matthew 4. This is one of those texts that connects to our Lenten season. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 3 when he's been led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And the devil comes to Jesus after he's been starving and hasn't eaten and all this stuff and says, hey, Jesus, if you're God, why don't you turn these rocks into bread so you can eat? And Jesus answers, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus basically says, we ultimately live by the voice of God and by God's word. God wants to speak to you and God wants to guide you. God is not silent. In fact, it's God's words breathed into us that actually give us life. Now, there's another way we can miss hearing God speak, and that is if you don't hear God, which you're like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. You won't hear God if you don't hear God. Is that what you're saying? Which is, yes, what I'm saying. Look what it says in John 10. Again, this is the text he was teaching. He says, the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own by name and leads them out. In other words, Jesus is saying he really, really wants us to hear his voice, and I can prove it. Do you know what phrase Jesus says 15 times over and over again throughout the New Testament? 15 times Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. What does that mean? Jesus is saying, many of you have ears, but you're not listening. You're not actively listening. How many of us have been in a situation where someone is speaking to you? You may even be looking that person straight in the eye, but say there's a soccer game on in the background. And although you're looking right at that person and you are hearing them, you're really listening to the game. And they may even at some point say a quote like this, you aren't even listening to me, are you? And I, I say, sure I am. And they follow that up with, why don't you just tell me what I said? And then you just say, I'm busted, right? Even though you heard them, you weren't really listening. Anyone ever have that experience? Just me? Sorry, Jen. I know you're listening. <laughs> it happens, right? Well, this can happen to those we are closest with 
if it can happen with those we're closest with, it can absolutely happen with our relationship with God. We can easily get distracted and not really hear what God is speaking to us. Now, there are many other reasons why we can miss hearing God, and we don't have time to go into all of them, but I do want to list a couple just for you to think about as you wrestle with this. One is we will always have a hard time hearing God if we don't accept and believe Jesus is God's final authoritative voice. The the truth is, again, this goes to right thinking and behaviors. And the reality is we go to everybody else for our thoughts and opinions and wisdom and understanding. Do we really believe God's voice is the one that ultimately has the answer? That will affect how we hear. Another one is we will always have a hard time hearing God if we don't diligently listen and obey God's voice. Again, there's a key to that, and that's that idea of obedience. That's one of the ways we show we hear and that we're listening. And the other one is we will always have a hard time hearing God if we generally don't like what God is saying to us, right? Anyone here have a hard time hearing those you really disagree with? Politics is a great example. You have people who think differently than you, and you almost kind of hear the Charlie Brown, wah, wah, wah. you don't even listen because you don't like what they have to say. We can do that to God. Now, there's plenty of other things we could talk about that can cause us to not hear God. We don't have time to do that. What do we do with all of this? What do we do with these ideas that we're talking about? Well, at the very least, I'm hoping that you're pondering the deeper implications of what it means to believe that God is not silent. I'm hoping that despite maybe your experiences where you haven't experienced that very much, you're holding on to truth and that you're wrestling with this idea of God speaking and you being able to hear. But I'm also wanting to talk about action. And since we're in the season of Lent, we're talking about various Lenten practices to help us go deeper in our walk with Jesus. So I want to end with a couple suggestions that I think will help us as we try to engage and better hear God speaking. I love this verse from Paul in Colossians chapter 2. It says this, My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What a mouthful. The text says... All of it, the mysteries, the treasures, the wisdom and complete understanding of God is found in Jesus. Everything you need to know about God, yourself, other people, the world, it's found in Christ, especially Christ crucified. This is what Lent is designed to help us focus on, Christ's journey to the cross. So how do we respond? How do we do some actions that will help us better engage and hear God? Well, the first one that I recommend is making more space to pray. To which you say, duh, right? And honestly, you might say that to every single one of my suggestions, but the truth is almost every time someone comes to me saying they feel like God is silent, if I ask them how they're doing in these areas, if they're being honest, they will tell you they're not doing much. So hold on to that. So pray, we get this. But particularly, I'm talking about the practice of praise, And I want you to think about it. How often do you make space throughout your day-to-day to give God praise? Sadly, I think many of us um, have turned praise in something that we do almost out of obligation. 
Like before I'm about to ask for the things that I want, I need to throw a couple words of praise in, right? But the practice of praise is a game changer because it transforms our perspective. It helps us see God at work in the midst of our day-to-day life, and it's about worship and getting our priorities straight. Praise both helps us understand and acknowledge our need for God, but it also helps us acknowledge the work of God in and around and through us. So one action item, make space to pray, particularly praise. The second one is to get into God's word. Again, duh, right? My recommendation, if you haven't done so yet, grab one of our Lenten resources that's designed to help you get into the scriptures on a daily basis. Or, or if not, just start with the Gospels and the book of Acts. And, and I recommend you reading it in a different translation, one that you normally don't look at. Maybe the message, or I also recommend the voice translation. But don't just read it. Uh, find something in whatever you read to memorize. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that the minute you decide to read the word that you're just going to get answers to everything and you're going to hear God loud and clear. Uh, more so, I'm pushing us to go beyond our knowledge to experience. And, and one of the primary ways to get to know the voice of God is to be in the word regularly. And not just for five minutes and not just here on Sunday. We need to let the word get inside of us. So don't think of it as a study Don't think of it that, think about it as a relationship. You might even have phrases of those loved ones, things that people say that have stuck with you because you've allowed them into you. Think about it like that. I have regular check-ins with my wife and my family. It's not just for five minutes a day or, or once a week, right? It's throughout the day and it helps me, right? Have you ever made a plan in the morning with a friend or your loved one and then by the afternoon forgot some of those details? Yeah, me neither, right? (laughs) Sorry, Jen. I, I forget. Here's the thing. God is always with us, faithfully present with us. So why not check in throughout the day? We forget. And memorization helps us to keep God's word moving in and through us throughout our day. And it helps us hear from God. And I confess, this is a practice I used to do a lot, and, and I've I haven't done in a long time. And so I'm bringing it up both to you as an encouragement for myself as well. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. And what it's getting at is this idea is that God's voice will never disagree with God's words. And so getting God's words in us helps us hear God. If you're looking for a book recommendation on this, I'm just throwing this one out. This is the one I just picked up. It's called Hide This in Your Heart, Memorizing Scripture for Kingdom Impact. It's by Michael Frost and uh, Graham Joseph Hill. It's a great book. I think it's like eight bucks on Kindle. Um, But if that's something you're interested in, I recommend it. We got to keep moving. I got one last one for us to think about, and that is to prepare yourself to hear from God. If you want to better hear God, you need to prepare your heart. You have those people that you have to have that difficult conversation for and, you, and you've been preparing for it. How come we don't prepare ourselves to hear from God? 
Or maybe you're like me and you feel like you have so many things going on in your life that you never have time to sit down and really listen to God. Like, when are you ever still? When do you ever just make space to listen and say, say, God, I'm giving you my heart's attention right now. Speak life to me. I think if we're being really honest, I bet most of us would say, we rarely do this. We rarely are still, let alone still before God. And yet God's word in Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. That phrase, be still, in the original Hebrew, really means let it go, which I didn't cue the song, let it go, but but it's that, right? Let go of your distractions. Let, let go of the noise. Let go of your problems. Let go of the things of the world and know that God is present with you. Letting go is a type of preparation of your heart. And when we do this, it then gives us space. It gives us capacity to listen. Have you ever had someone talking to you and you have so many things going on in your mind that it's hard for you to pay attention? That's what this text is getting at. Let it go. Be still. It doesn't mean like literally don't move. It means let go of those things so you have the capacity to listen. It opens up the atmosphere of your heart so you are able to receive and hear. Amen? I don't know about you. I want to have more capacity in my life to receive and hear what God has for me. That's what I want to be transformed in as we move through this Lenten season, that I feel more connected. And I hope this invites you to consider some ways to do that as well. I could go on. I need to stop. Um, But may we be people who not only know the truth that our God is not silent, but may we be people who experience the truth in our day-to-day lives, that God is with us, communicating to us, sustaining us, empowering us, comforting us, and leading us. Amen? I'm going to invite Brian to come up. He's going to play and give us a little space to ponder what we've talked about. And uh, I do have a couple connection card questions I would love to hear from you about. You could do one or multiple. Um, The online connection card is the best way to share your responses to those, and that's going to show up in the online platform. Um, So if you'd be willing to do so, that would be great. But couple questions to consider. Number one, what is your current experience of hearing God's voice? And I I encourage you to be honest. Maybe it's only happened once or twice. Maybe it's never happened. Maybe you're experiencing it all the time. Awesome. What's your current experience? Number two, that's two. What are some of the barriers that you face to hearing God? And again, we we all know lots of different ones. So what's getting in the way of you hearing God. It could be literal things like busyness. It could be your own beliefs. What's getting in the way? Number three, what's one action item you can commit to um, help you grow in your ability to hear God speaking? And I just listed the three we talked about. It could be um, a different one. Pray, memorize, listen. And finally, number four, this isn't really a, a response in the sense of writing something down, but maybe just use this space to take a few minutes and ask the Lord to still your soul so that you can hear God's voice. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, I would love to invite you to use this space to pray, uh, to confess, to own, give thanks, to receive, um, to be filled, to dream. Maybe it's just to be quiet and to listen. Um, please note that our prayer team and our prayer app is back live. If you have any prayer 
Um, they are there to pray with and for you. Uh, I highly recommend you taking advantage of this. These, uh, our prayer team is uh, honored to pray with you, and there's something of a connection where you join together with others uh, to pray for whatever's going on and connect with God. So take advantage of that as well. I'm going to close us in prayer, and, um, and then Brian will lead us in one last song of response. So let's pray. Father, Son, Spirit, help us to let go. Help us to let go of our false understandings of you. Help us to let go of our experiences even that maybe don't match with your truth. And help us to be people who not only understand the truth of who you are and the nature that you are of a God who speaks, but help us to have our experiences line up with your truth. Help us to be men and women who are, are moved by the promptings of your Holy Spirit. Help us to know, God, that, that that breath we're breathing right now is your Spirit in us, present with us, communicating to us. Even if what's being communicated to us is, I'm glad you're alive. I've given you this breath to live. Help us to get to know your voice better. Help us to hear, prepare our hearts. Give us scriptures that we can allow to come in us that help us to hear you. Help us to be men and women that find so many things we can praise you for that it starts changing our perspective. And God, we just end by saying thank you that you speak. Even as we worship, help us hear from you. As we go about our day, Help us hear from you. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.